Welcome to the journey. You walk with me, I walk with you. Together we face life. Hand in hand, side by side. With Jesus the mastermind. It takes faith, it takes a step. To finish a thousand miles. But together, we're in this. And this is called the journey. Welcome back to the Journey Podcast with your host, Karen Sion. Today is a new week. It's a new week. Today is Tuesday, February 25th, and it's the sixth episode of The Journey. On today's episode, we're going to talk about purity and celibacy before courtship and during courtship. But I'm not alone today. I'm not the only host today. I have two guest co-hosts who actually are going to be coming onto the show from time to time. One was on last week with her husband, and we're introducing one for the first time ever. So Lucy was on with her husband, and I'm introducing Barbara, who's one of my sisters, who just rolled her eyes at me right now. <laughs> so hey, guys. Hi. Hi. And I didn't roll my eyes. You know, I have I weak eye muscles. <laughs> Hello, guys. We are back again. Karen couldn't get enough, so. Yeah, I couldn't get enough. But actually, yeah, I just want to say thank you, you and your husband, for coming onto the show and sharing, you know, how you guys technically didn't pray for each other, but how, you know, the Lord brought the two of you together. And I really thank God for your lives. No problem. Thank you for having us. So today, like I said, we're continuing um, Relationship Month. We're going to have a lot of fun today because when I'm around these, my sisters, we laugh. Like... So we're continuing Relationship Month, but we're not doing praying for my spouse this week. We're taking a break and we're talking about something that's very trivial in today's generation. Like I said, purity and celibacy before marriage. My sisters and I are very similar in our views concerning what we're talking about. So get ready for today's show is going to be full of advice, personal stories, and a lot of laughter. Stay tuned. If you've been tuning into the show, welcome back. But if you're a first-time listener, let me tell you a little bit about the show. So The Journey is a Christ-based podcast that will focus on anything and everything that has to do with our lives in this generation, such as education, relationships, career choices, health, but most importantly, how all of these things can be better if and when we have Jesus in the center. So new episodes drop weekly on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. You can find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Please, please, por favor, me paucho, subscribe. Subscribe, 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 so that you can be notified when new episodes drop. Also, we just want to say thank you to everybody who's been on the journey with us. God bless you all for the love and the support and especially the feedback. I always say the Bible says that God chastises the ones that he loves. So what is love without chastisement, you know? So I thank you all for your constructive criticism and even the destructive criticism because we take it in love. So please don't hesitate to send us an email or send us a DM encouraging us, criticizing us, helping us get better because we know that it's all being given to us in love. Feedback is well appreciated on the show. 
So today's show, we're not going to get into the segments. We're not going to do the music segments or which we're introducing very soon. We're not going to do any encouragement of the day segments because what we're talking about is encouragement in and of itself. So like I said, we're talking about purity and celibacy before and during courtship. So I want to ask, I want to put the question out on the table to my sisters, Lou and Barb. Wait, I call her Lulu and I call her Babs. So Lulu and Babs, I want to put the question out on the table. What is purity? How can we define purity? So purity, I would say, is keeping oneself clean, mm-hmm. um, including <clears throat> our mind, our body, and our spirit. Because sometimes we tend to leave those things out and we really think about the physical. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would say. It's just keeping oneself clean for God, including our, our body, um, our mind, and our spirit. Yeah, I would definitely have to say I agree. It's interesting that she said that because before I became celibate, I just really thought it was just about having, not having sex. Mm-hmm. But I think coming to, like when I, the more like my pastor walked through, walk, walked with us through the word of God, mm-hmm. I just like, realized that it's, it's, bigger, it's bigger than just sex. Right. Staying pure is just like your whole mind and everything, which is sometimes is very hard for you to do so. Mm-hmm. So I just have to say I agree with her 100%. So with that, I kind of have like two questions. So we define purity, but you mentioned before you became celibate. Right. So can you define what celibacy is? Um, yes. So it's, um, celibacy to me is I'm abstaining from any sexual activities um, until you get married. Mm. So, so in that you've already had sex, but you're making the decision to... Yes. Abstain. Yes. So I made a choice to abstain from having sex until mm-hmm. I get married. Okay. Yeah. And then with the purity, we said that it's a, um, it's not just the physical thing, but it's of the mind and it's of the heart. Yes. Your mm-hmm. other. So how do you keep yourself pure in your mind? Um, I think what I would say with that is sometimes, like I said before, that it's easy for us to say, oh, "I'm not gonna have sex anymore." But then we don't stop, you know, some of the things that we are watching. Because mm-hmm. that's what will keep, you know, our mind unclean. Mm-hmm. And that's always say that whatever that you watch or you hear, there's a copy stored in, in your, your heart. heart. And when you're alone, it's going to play back to you. Yep. So it's the same thing as, you know, we can say that I'm not going to have sex anymore. But then we still listen to certain music. We still watch certain shows. Mm-hmm. We still watch, you know, certain, um, I would say movies. That when you're alone, those movies and those scenes are going to play back. And mm-hmm. sometimes we entertain, you know, those thoughts. And that's what caused that to be, you know, unclean. Right. Wow. Even yeah. though we're not doing the physical act, we still entertain those thoughts that comes through our mind. Absolutely. Um, I think for me, um, it's so much easier for me to entertain those thoughts. Because for me, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing it physically. Mm-hmm. So I can, like, literally be laying down, replaying something that I did years ago. Mm. And this is a... Can we be real on this Yes. Show? Yeah. Okay. So like different positions that you were mm. in during like sexual intercourse and everything. And I'm laying and I'm smiling. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so <I'm down." laughs> Sorry. So although I'm not in the act, mm-hmm. I still feel like you enjoyed that even yeah. more yeah. than actually doing yes. it. Because I'm yes. like, at least nobody is touching, but in my head, I'm gone, man. Like, yeah. My eyes are closed and I'm enjoying it. But that's, that, guys, that her eyes good. are even rolling back her head right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think um, there's a show that I was watching and I think that girl was saying that 
she missed somebody and she said for the 90 days she's not she's gonna be celibate for 90 days but with her the celibacy meant that she's not gonna have the actual sex mm -hmm. she's gonna do other things mm -hmm. but i'm like but that's not you know celibacy so i think we were talking about you know how the society view it is different from how as a christian, christian you're supposed to right really absolutely do it because that's why i think something the enemy causes us to think that being celibate means you are only not having it's sex. sex. That's it. Yes. But one thing the enemy gets us is our mind. Mm. Yes. You know, because of the thoughts that runs through our mind. And that's the scary mind. thing because as we're saying that you may think that because I'm not sleeping with anybody, I'm pure, yeah. quote unquote. But like you're saying, with our minds and our hearts, the stuff that we think about, the stuff that we see, watch, hear, that can cause ourselves to be impure mm -hmm. before God. Mm. So I want to ask, why is this such a big deal? Let me say let me be play devil's advocate. Why is it such a big deal to be celibate or pure before I get married? Isn't it okay for me to test the waters? Like I need to know what I'm getting myself into before I commit to it. Um, I don't think so. I think that I mean, example that I would say is um my husband works um at Toyota, he sells cars, mm -hmm. and I see people come in all the time. They will do test drive before, mm. you know, even brand new cars. Like, you know, they will do like five minutes, two minutes, whatever minute that they want. They mm -hmm. will do because they want to make sure that the engine is working right. Everything is good. And I hear stories that he would say, oh, this person just brought the car back in two days saying that they just found a problem in the car. Look at that. And I'm like, wait, so that two minutes and five minutes, you couldn't figure out the issue. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the same thing as you can never know a person. You can't say, oh, I've been with this person for 10 years. So now I know that character. I know mm -hmm. who they are. So now I can marry them. Because people are not going to tell who they are until they actually get you. Mm -hmm. So I think that sometimes you just make the mistake thinking, I have to try this person. But we know God knows everybody. Yes. We don't know the heart. Like we are sitting, we all don't know what's going on in our hearts. Mm -hmm. But God knows. And he's the only person that can reveal yeah. the true identity of what somebody else is th thinking to us. That's very true. Yeah. It's um, definitely true. Um, <laughs> I think society wants us to think that in order for us to... Um, be with someone in a successful relationship, we have to have sex with the person first to kind of figure out, like I hear a lot of women talk about, oh, I need to know like what, what the size of their penis is mm -hmm. or like if they're good and bad before I'm able to commit. You can have all of these things and your marriage will still not work. Right. So that really doesn't, in itself, doesn't mean anything. But I feel like when you're waiting on God to give you something and you keep yourself pure, he actually really shows you who that person yeah. is. And it's a perfect example. I was talking to some guy and from the outside, he presented himself to be what God, right? Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember I had a dream about him. Um, in the dream, um, he was um, dealing with another woman. Like the woman mm. basically said, this is my man or whatever. So I remember I told him the dream and he was just like, oh, you know, it's nothing God reveals to redeem. He was being very spiritual with me. So I was like, okay, he's a man of God. Just okay. me. I'm rolling my eyes so right. hard right now. <laughs> Long story short, I know like usually whenever I start talking to someone, I always tell my pastor. Mm. So I told pastor about who the guy is. I showed a, a picture of pastor. Pastor, you know, he doesn't see me. He's just a keep yeah. praying. Mm. So needless to say, to cut a long story short, um, he ended up getting married to some girl in Ghana while he was still trying to pursue me here. Oh my God. Right. So I'm just saying that like, what if I would have had sex with him? Mm -hmm. You understand mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so it's just like, that doesn't mean anything. The sex part of it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. You can have sex with someone and you guys can still break up. So That's very crazy. That, that you doesn't can't really mean... tell the intention of that person. Nope. Mm -hmm. And they will never reveal it to you because they want something. Yes. Yeah. You. And after they get it, that's it. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And I also feel like, um, Let's just say you're in a relationship with someone, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys are having sex. 
So for me, I feel like people use sex to mask whatever whatever the situation is. Let's just say I'm in a relationship with you, Karen, and I'm mad at you. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it for briefly and we use sex to like, to oh, let's have makeup yes. sex. Mm-hmm. The issue is still there. Yeah. We don't really work out the issue. You just we covered it up. With sex. Mm-hmm. And then the issue just keeps growing. It keeps festering. And it's just like, that's not what... It's supposed to be. You're mm-hmm. supposed to be able to... Some people communicate through sex because they think that's what it is, when it's really not. Right. So I feel like you have to work out what the issue is first. So sex really blinds you mm. to what a pers- to who a person really is. That's, that's very true. Really that's why it's good not to get any type of like emotional connection with that person mm. because then it's going to blind you. If you go to God, you're going to be presenting that person to God and yes. say, God, I have this person. I want you to approve it. Mm-hmm. Instead of us going and saying, I don't have anyone. God, mm-hmm. give me what you yes. think is good yeah. for me. Because you already put emotional tied to that person, you know. Yeah. It's so crazy. And that's one thing that on Valentine's Day, Pastor was saying, and I, that's actually one of my, that's always been my stance, that that's why as women, women especially, we're supposed to keep ourselves before we get married. Because when you get married, whatever your husband has to offer is what you're going to take. Because yeah. You haven't experienced anything yes. and you have nothing to compare it to. So yes. there's no way that you're going to say, oh, I don't accept this right. because- yeah. I don't have any experience mm. with that. So I think it's, it's that's what God intended for it to be. Absolutely. But, you know, I think in this generation especially, it's, it's hard for us to say that, you know, we're just going to go through a commitment blindly. A lot of us want to test the waters yes. or test drive the car before yeah. we buy it, as Lucy was saying. Yeah, and it's funny because even um, when Pastor said that on Valentine's Day, you know, I was like, wow, that's so true because personally, like, I didn't date. Let me just say I didn't date a lot of people because I'm not trying to give any clues mm-hmm. for people to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say Because she's a wife now. I'm yeah, exactly. People, so. <laughs> I didn't date a lot of people. So usually I'm like, I don't have people to compare my husband to. Mm. So I'm like, whatever that I have. It's what I is, have. It's what I have, mm-hmm. you know. And some and I know nothing, you know, when it comes because I didn't have a lot of experience yeah. with those kind of things. So sometimes I'm like, you teach me, I'll learn. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like and that's helps, beautiful. Yeah. I feel like it helps us because you don't put, you know, that's why people get so many, um, so many divorces because they have to compare, like Pastor said, they have to compare the person they dated or they got married to to the new person because, oh, but you're not acting like the old person that I mm-hmm. was with because mm-hmm. they are comparing that person's personality to the new person. Yeah. But for me, I wouldn't have that issue because I don't have many people to but compare. Did, right. My I think too. for me, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I've dated a couple of people. So, <laughs> and if we're being honest here, like, you know, her situation is different from mm-hmm. mine. So I had this notion in my head is how sex is supposed right. to be. You're supposed to like, let's just say we're we having sex. We're supposed to do this and we're supposed to do that. And, we're mm-hmm. supposed to, and if you're not doing that, that means you can't yeah. satisfy me or right. whatever. Because I've had, yeah. I've had dated a couple of guys but it's a very beautiful thing to not have anyone so you don't have anything to compare to it. Right. So I think I'm going to have the issue, which I've been praying. Like, God, give me spiritual forgetfulness. I don't know <laughs> how that's going to happen. But like to actually just focus my mind on whoever I have and not compare him to other people mm-hmm. as well, too. So is there like, I know in today's society, if you're, it's become, I think now it's become the big thing to be a virgin. Like now people are proud of their virginity. But I know before, especially when I was in high school and when I was growing up, people were like, oh, you're so naive. Yeah. Why? Are you, I don't think people are. People are hiding. Really? I, I mean, I see, so. like, I, I follow this page on Instagram that, you know, I think it's called Sex Can Wait a While. Yeah. You know, oh, I follow them, and it's a couple, both of them are virgins, and they're, like, in their 30s. Yeah. So it's like, and it's so beautiful. They talk about their story proudly and boldly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
I see it now, but before people weren't talking about their stories like that. People weren't sharing the fact that they were virgins or that they were staying celibate before marriage and all that stuff. But why is it such, uh, I'll say, why is it a double standard when it comes to men and women? Because, you know, we see it's, it's respected, quote unquote, when a man has slept with different women. But the girl is a whore if she slept with different men. Why does society do that? Why does society have a double standard? I that think, I'm social worker. No, what? She but, works in the society. <laughs> but I think um, for me, I'll always say that because women, we carry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and men can basically go out there and have sex with 50 women mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, you're the man. But let's just say you as a female, you're out here having sex. Mm-hmm. Who gets pregnant? We do. Right. Men don't get pregnant. That's Women true. get pregnant. So I feel like it's evident that we've been doing whatever we've been doing mm-hmm. because it shows more for mm-hmm. us. So mm-hmm. we're able to be labeled like, oh, she's a whore because she slept with this person and she slept with this person. Versus when a guy does it, it's like, oh, he's the man. And I think yeah. it's the way we are, we are raised too. Yeah. But think about it. Well, for me, maybe, Curry, you grew up differently. But for me, growing up, my brothers did whatever they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like They went out whatever time they wanted to. They came in at whatever time. I wasn't able to, even though I still snuck and did whatever I wanted to, <laughs> I wasn't typically allowed to do that. So I think that is the way we are raised and brought up to, like, women, we're supposed to keep ourselves. Right. And men are just supposed to be out there doing whatever they do. How, like, back in the day, think about how many times um some of our parents, our fathers cheated on our moms and have kids outside. Let a woman do that, and it's a problem. Mm. Like, women, we are the prize. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to keep ourselves exactly. and not do any, any of those things while the men out here just run rapidly and do whatever they wanted to do. And I think it's easier for, you know, for a guy to get married than a girl to get married because the guy is the one pursuing the yes. girl. Mm-hmm. So usually, like, you know, when a guy is searching or looking for a lady, they're looking for somebody who has good background. Like, yeah. you know, how many guys have you dated? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want their guys talking about, oh, you know, this we person. Hit that. Exactly. Yeah. But then for a girl, you're okay. Yeah. Oh, that's even like a good thing because the society has made it look like yes. it's okay for guys to date multiple people yes. and still mm-hmm. marry me because that's how it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, if you've been saying that, I remember when I used to date back in the day. Like, if you're a guy and a lot of girls don't want you, I'm like, I don't want you. Like, you're not popping enough for me. Oh, it's wow. just like, that was back in the day. I'm a repentant guy. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like, I just feel like, I don't want you. It's mm-hmm. like, nobody really wants you. Because I feel like I, when I was, you know, dating, I wanted the, the guy that all the girls wanted. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to be like, you want him, him, but too. you can't get him. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. Him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But then you end up being the Omotua Chinsen. How does Bishop say it? Omotua Chinsen. The mm-hmm. thing that he said uh, it. Oh, am I in chance? Like, the, everybody's... Oh, oh everybody's... Oh, everybody's plates. There everybody's you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, you get no, it. No man wants that girl that everybody... Has dipped their hand in. Exactly. That's true. I'm even so, thinking about what you were saying earlier, Barbara. I was thinking about... Even in biblical times, you realize that when... The Pharisees brought that woman before Jesus that this woman was caught committing adultery. They didn't bring the man. Nope. They brought the woman yes. for her to be stoned. They yes. didn't bring the man. What was the man? The man right. also did it. The man probably caused the, exactly. the scene, yeah. but where was he? He yeah. was probably among the crowd yeah. willing to throw the stone. Exactly. So that's that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you, Karen, because I always say this to myself all the time. That anytime that I have a chance with Karen, I'm going to ask her, you know, how you're able to be pure and keep yourself pure for God. Because I know that, you know, Barbara, you have a girl who's, you know, almost a teenager. Yeah. And I also have a little girl, Divine Glory. And I'm always asking myself that 
I wasn't able to keep myself, you know, I allowed, you know, society and I would say maybe the pressure from, you know, outside get me to, you know, default myself, mm -hmm. but you are still going. And I always tell myself, anytime that I see Karen, I'm going to really sit down with her and ask her that. I want to add her advice to mine, mm. you know, so I'll be able to, you know, teach, you know, my child how to be able to also, you know, do the same thing. So I always wanted to ask you that, how are you able to, you know, keep yourself, what, what caused you to make that decision to say, you know, I want to stay pure for God and not have sex before marriage? So for me, honestly, disclaimer, put that out there, it's all been God. God has, it's been a daily struggle because, you know, we're attacked by pressures from the outside for the environment from the external forces social media um peers in school work wherever you are so i can honestly say that it's a daily struggle but i made the vow to my father actually when i was age 12 i made the vow to remain a virgin until i got married at age 12 at age 12 i watched the movie and um, I watched a movie, a Nigerian movie, and the girl in the movie had told her father that I'm not going to let a man see my nakedness before I get married. So I saw the way that the father related to the daughter when she made that vow to her dad. And I was like, I want the same thing with my father. So I remember very naively went to my father and I said, Daddy, I want to make a vow to you. I want to remain a virgin until I get married. Or I want to, I, I want, my exact words were, I will not let a man see my nakedness before marriage. So my father, <laughs> my father was like, wow, that is so amazing. And then he opened up a scripture in Leviticus. I don't know the exact scripture, but he opened the scripture and it said that when a child makes a vow to God and her father doesn't, his or her father does not approve that vow is not valid before God. So he said, but this vow I approve of. He was like, I approve this vow. And he said, Karen, if you break this vow, you're not just breaking my heart, you're breaking God's heart. But at the time, no, I hadn't really, I was in church and I knew of God. I knew about him because I'm a preacher's kid, but I didn't know God for myself. So when I got to know God when we had a personal relationship, I began to realize the severity of what, <laughs> what I had said. So I be, I made it my lifestyle that I'm not going to have sex with a guy, but I was still kissing. When I would um, be in a relationship, I would hug the person, I would kiss the person. So this conversation right now is making me even think that I wasn't having sex, but I wasn't pure. Right. I was not pure because I, I was watching certain things. I was reading certain things. I was being with certain guys at age like 16 and up. So like I said, it's a daily struggle. And I know God has been the one protecting me from since I was a kid all the way up till now, because I put myself in, I was placed in certain situations and I even put myself in certain situations that would have warranted me losing my virginity or even probably right. being, you know, sleeping around all over the place. But God has been watching over me from the time that I was, exposed to sex till now. So I can honestly say it's all it's all been God. Well wow, as you're talking about I'm thinking about you know what you just said that you were not having sex but you were still you know dating mm -hmm. people and you know kissing other people and stuff like that. And it's crazy I think we spoke about that earlier too that sometimes we think that 
Because I never, honestly, when I became born again, I didn't know that kissing was wrong. <laughs> I honestly just thought that was just having sex and that's it. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I first became born again, 2012, and pastor was, you know, leading us into like, you know, preaching and, you know, teaching the word of God, doing away with the old self. And I remember, you know, through the teaching, I realized that, you know, because I came in the Lord with a boyfriend, mm-hmm. you know, so right mm-hmm. when I started hearing, but <laughs> Um, I came in a lot 2012, you know, with the, I was in a relationship at that around that time. And through the word of God, I realized that that's something that I, you know, I don't need, I need to detach myself mm-hmm. from the person. So 2012, I just stopped. I said, I'm not having sex anymore because I was convicted, but I didn't know that kissing was part of it. Mm. So from 2012 to 2013, maybe half of the year, maybe through the beginning of the year, I was still kissing my boyfriend around that because at least I couldn't let go because of the emotional attachment because we've been together for so long. Mm. You know, so I was still, you know, kissing the person. I didn't have, you know, any, I wasn't guilty about anything until I remember, um, like I was still have that feelings, mm-hmm. you know. Cause that's, that's the crazy part, the ex- feelings. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, we forget about those things, all these sexual, like, because we see the, the things, you know, that come, mm-hmm. whatever comes mm-hmm. out when you have it, but we don't see the, you know, the things that go so when we are kissing people. And so I remember, um, one Sunday, I think we're doing communion. I, I remember Pastor, you know, Pastor goes around and just talks about if you feel like you're okay mm-hmm. to partake, mm-hmm. you know, in the communion, come up. If you know that you're not sleeping around, you know, sometimes he mentioned those things. If I, I remember back then, and before I came to church, I wasn't guilty about anything because listen, I'm a born again, God's I'm not, not having, having sex, sex. <laughs> I'm in church every day, you know, I'm, I'm part of the prayers because before when I used to come to church, I always sat at the back for some reason, I knew that. I wasn't worthy to sit in the front because I feel like I can see yeah, what you've all done. the things you've been doing when you sit in the front. So I'll come to church and I'll be sitting in the front seat mm-hmm. because I'm like, you know, born again system. So I remember when Pastor said, <laughs> I remember when Pastor said, oh, you know, can you, if you feel you're okay to take the community, just come up. In my mind, I got up, but I couldn't get up. I was stuck mm. on my seat. Like, I could it was like someone glued something to my butt. I couldn't get up. So you physically could not get up from yes. your seat. But I, in my head, you know, when I was coming to church, I knew that I didn't have any issues. Like, I was okay because right. I'm starting to get closer to God. I'm trying to, you know, refrain from doing certain things. So I wasn't thinking about me sitting down when pastor calls something like that. So mm-hmm. when pastor said, if you want, if you already come up, in my mind, I was about to get up and I couldn't. And wow. I was just sitting down. And I'm writing the law was that you've been kissing and you can't get up to mm. take that communion. Mm. Jesus. Mm. So I'm like, wait. That's wait a, a minute, thing. God. Like, God, wait a minute. <laughs>
So all of it is wrong. Because mm -hmm. if the Bible can say if you lusted after a woman, imagine if I'm doing part one of just kissing and I'm having the sensation, I've already done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had the so whole that's trilogy. Not me to be, like, you know, pure. I mean, I'm not going to be pure for God. Mm -hmm. But then I would think in my mind and I'll be deceived by the enemy that, oh, I'm not having sex. Yeah, okay. right, right. And that's what we are being taught by society that. You know, that's the only way to be a virgin. But mm -hmm. no. No. It's really, it's no. the mind as, it's the, the foreplay that we're talking about is the mind as well. Because I know with me, um, I think we spoke about this, about, I think, because I was so exposed to that, I already knew how, like, I, you know, I can't even like put it into so words because I feel like there were there were there were challenges, happen. and I realized that even I realized that when I would watch a sex scene in a movie, there was something that was happening yeah. in my body. And I remember when I was younger, there was um, and when I used to live with my parents, there was this TV station that would show porn at like three a.m. HBO. Really? Real sex. HBO. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know it was that one. I hope you're not doing so like i used to time it i used to time it so i remember i would <laughs> i'm like sharing out my whole life right now <laughs> but you know we thank god for forgiveness yes so i remember i would i would sleep when everybody sleeps and then wake up at like two something prepare myself and go to the living room <laughs> to go watch it. And if my father or my mom would go out and come out of the room to, um, I, I had, I don't know if you remember the remote, it had the recall button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. You, I flipped Flip between the two yeah. channels. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when they come, I just, and then I'm watching Friends or yeah. SpongeBob or mm. something. And, like, they, they walk to the bathroom, come. But I was watching these things. But then when I started to develop a relationship with them, I knew that what I was doing was wrong. Mm, right. I, but I felt like I'm not violating the vow I made to my dad. I'm not having sex with the guy. But what I was doing was pretty much more than having sex. Right. The feelings yes. I was getting. The same thing as you Excuse me sex. to say, but I'll go to the bathroom and my underwear is wet. Yeah. You know? So it's like, then I remember one time um, I was about to go to school and I needed a ride. I don't Something was up with my bus pass. I needed a ride. And our bishop was like, oh, he'll take me because he was going that way anyway. Mm -hmm. So he were in the car, but I felt so filthy and so dirty. Like I could not, I could not. Like, you have a conversation with me. I can't respond because I just felt so guilty. So I just opened. I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna spill all my guts today. So I told him what happened. I was like, you know, I've been doing this. I've been watching this. And I even opened up to him about what I had been through at age nine. So he was shocked. I actually was very shocked. Because at that moment, I was leading praise and worship at church. Praise and worship leaders over here watching porn. Right. So, <laughs> so real. and it's You're real. It's real out here. <laughs> 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 so but one thing i thank god for that there was no judgment yeah he um led me through a three-day dry fasting and prayers where we pretty much pray for um restoration and i realized that no this was something that the enemy was using to cause me to fall because mm -hmm. that was like the preliminary thing as we said that you can't do part one without ending up going to part two yeah, so yeah. it would have started from that yes. i would have like okay i like this feeling i want to have it with a guy. I'll go do it with the guy and then I'll end up breaking the vow that I made. Yeah. So like we keep saying, it's not just the physical act of intercourse. We can say that purity is a state of the heart, is a state of the mind, and right. it's a state of the body, yeah. a state of your soul. So yeah. And as you were um saying, I just thought about that you seek counseling from 
you know, bishop yes. because yep. that was something that has you need deliverance from that because mm-hmm. even though you haven't had sex, we're still watching those things and the enemy was gonna play back to mm-hmm. you all the time. Yeah. And I'm thinking about it when I also became, you know, born again and the Lord took me through the process. Like I knew that I've tried so many different ways of trying to break up with this person. We break up every two weeks, you know, we come back together. And I remember when I first, I was like, God, just take the wheel because I can't do it anymore. Mm. And um, after prayers and, you know, I, we, I detached myself from the person. I remember pastor told us to write, everybody should write list of, you know, the people that they've slept with mm-hmm. and how many times that you slept with the person. Mm. And I think he went through, you know, um, I was Hey, how do you me. count that? Well, I can't answer that question because <laughs> I didn't have a lot of lists. <laughs> So I remember, like, you know, we all did how many times, and I remember he prayed for us. Mm-hmm. And in my mind before that, I was like, you know what? You know, um, God walked me through, you know, the breaking point of that relationship. Like, you know, I'm okay. I'm not with that person. But I didn't know that spiritual something took place because mm. there's exchange. There know? is. As we see the physical exchange, there's also spiritual yes. exchange as well. Mm-hmm. So I remember um, after we did, you know, the deliverance, the soul type, you know, prayers. And I remember a few days after, I remember having a dream that, I went back to, you know, um, the person I was in a relationship with at that time to take, you know, my shoes from the, um, no, not the person I was in a relationship, like my ex-boyfriend around mm-hmm. when we broke up. I remember that I went to um, his house and I took a shoe. But then I remembered that right before, right when we broke up, I remember that when I was leaving, I was running from his place and I left the shoe. Mm-hmm. Like Cinderella. So- <laughs> the glass slipper. The glass slipper. <laughs> so I was like, wow, God, thank you so much because I would have thought that I'm not with this person anymore. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But spiritually, I will be married and still have a piece mm-hmm. of that person with me. And I will never be satisfied in my marriage mm-hmm. because I left the whole shoe, like one shoe. And you person. can't walk out with one shoe. Exactly. So that's your so, incomplete. Exactly. So that means I left something with the person. Mm-hmm. So I'll be walking around and just, you know, not knowing who I am, mm-hmm. you know, not being satisfied in life. And I will never be able to find out why, why? because I left the shoe. So I think sometimes it's good for us to seek special guidance when stuff like that happens. We shouldn't be ashamed of it because then the enemy takes, you know, those things and hold on to it and think that, oh, if you tell them, they're going to judge you. So don't tell them. Yeah. And he used that to cripple you and yes. you can't move on in life. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's, um, it's a spiritual yeah. thing, not to cut you off. I know, but like, it's really a spiritual thing because I remember even the three day fast. I remember, I actually vividly remember, I remember the last day when we were praying, you know, um, our bishop is a deliverance pastor. He, his gifting is in deliverance. So when, the last day of the prayers and we were actually having prayers, there was a manifestation, which I actually do remember. So it was like, I didn't know that the, right. me watching these things, me having that experience, that past experience, and then me also having quote unquote boyfriends at, you know, my age, at that age at the time, I didn't know that there were seeds being planted, right. it was spiritual seeds being planted in me. But, you know, like, so it's not just we keep saying, I think I keep stressing the fact that it's not just the physical act of I'm doing it one, two, it feels good. No, there's a lot of spiritual implications to it. Yeah. And I think, Barbara, I wanted to ask you, I know like right now you are in the process of, you know, you're still like, you know, celebrate waiting on God. Amen. And, How many you know, years now? Uh, April makes four years. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And we thank God. Yeah. Amen. So True. Like, as Kim was talking, I know, like, you know, she went through all these issues, even though she's still, like, in a virgin. Yeah. So now we should not know you've, you made a choice not to do it anymore. Like, right. I can imagine. I mean, personally, too, because yeah. I was also, you know, yeah. before I got married. So uh, now I want to know, like, before, right when we became born again, how was it? And now, 
Hasn't it changed? Oh my god! Yes. So I know for me, I had to put a stop on it. So um, shout out to Sue. Sue was the one that started inviting me to come to church because we used to party together back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> now, and, and now y'all, Sue. now y'all party in the house of the Lord. So I remember when she used to want to invite me to church. I would be like, oh, I don't need to go to church. All I need to do is just stop having sex, mm. and I'll get. A closer relationship with God, which is a bunch of nonsense because yeah. that's like the least of the issues mm-hmm. that you have to work on when you come to Christ. Mm-hmm. But I remember um convention was Virginia convention. We went to Virginia convention and I remember I was dating someone at that time, you know, we did whatever we had to do. I'm like, oh, I'm going to convention, whatever. Um, so we went to convention. But I remember like prior to that, when I whenever I would have sex with him. I'll feel convicted. Mm. But this, I wasn't even coming to church, but I knew this wasn't what I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Whenever I would have church, I mean, sex, I'll feel so bad. I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, yo, this is not what I'm supposed to but be you doing. you never had that feeling before you were never convicted. Never, you? never. Mm. Before I was just doing it because I was doing it because it was something to do. You know, you're dating someone was part of dating. You're having sex, you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You got to satisfy your boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was doing it. So I remember when it got to a point where like, I'll feel so bad and I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. So in my small brain and me thinking, I remember saying to God, I'm going to convention. That was my second convention going. So I was like, I'm going to Easter convention. God, if you want me to stop having sex, <laughs> this is really you. When I walk in there, um, on Friday's service, let this man of God be talking about um, fornication or sex before marriage. And I kid you not, I walked in there, he was talking about sex before marriage. Mm. And I'm like, what? No, this is a joke. So I remember I called. God, if you want me to stop. I know. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Like, you know, that's not something we're going to God. We bar- we're bargaining with him. Like, like, yeah, you know, if you, you want, want me to stop. Right. And God loves us so much that like, he's stooped to our right. Yeah, that's right. true. So I remember, and he was talking. So I remember calling my boyfriend at that time. And I was just like, you know, what? I can't do this anymore. You know, I was like, I still want to be in a relationship with you, mm, but I don't right. want to have sex anymore because I just feel like this is not something I mm-hmm. want to be doing. And then he said to me, oh, don't worry. You, you, you're just saying that you're going to come back. Oh, Look God. at that. Yeah. Hey, Mimi. Yeah, Mimi. <laughs> we have all about so that we can't blame. Can't blame them. That's no, true, yeah, exactly. because you had been given it already. Yeah. So it's like, exactly. what's this sudden yeah. stop? All of a yeah. sudden, you want to stop? Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say, no, I'm not. So I remember, um, he was like, okay, I still want to be with. Needless to say, he was cheating two weeks after that. Hey. I, I told him he had, he had a backup. Of course, he had a backup wow, already. Look at that. So I feel like at that point, I had stopped physically. I didn't sleep with anyone. Mm. But mentally, mm. that's a whole different mm. story. Yeah, yeah. It was mentally. I think even. Even throughout my celibacy, I still fell a couple of times because I still kissed someone. Mm-hmm. I was I was still kissing someone. Mm-hmm. I was my ex had came back or whatever. I don't think nobody knew this. Oh, oh. <laughs> the audience loves it. The journey edition. <laughs> my ex came back at this point, and I think I was still like very new in my celibacy, like a year right. in. So I was like, oh, a year in, I haven't spoken to. Him. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Like mm-hmm. I'm just here to like, oh, come over. Um, you know, let's just chill. But he knew my stance. He knew I wasn't having sex. He was like, oh, let's just chill or whatever. I'm like, all right. So I remember I got there because this is somebody that I've dated for a long time. So I was very comfortable with this guy. Yeah. I went there. I took my wig off. I put my wig on his dresser. Hey. And, you know, I got it. Like, you, 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 yeah. you know you're comfortable. Yeah. You know you're comfortable if you take your wig off. Because nobody, nobody, sees, nobody sees the cornrows under. Even when I call Barbara FaceTime, her wig is on. Like... <laughs> I remember I took my wig off and I put it on the dresser and like I had got it in the bed and we know we were talking, chilling and everything. 
And I remember we just started kissing. And I was just, I remember like leaving feeling like I had, I had sex. Because mm. even though I know that I didn't, I was just yeah. like, God, this is not the vow that I made to you. Mm. Like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I felt again, kissing again. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to myself, like, God, like, I can't do this anymore. Right. So at this point, I'm not even coming over. Mm, like right. I can't, I can't exactly. even do that anymore. And I remember he was saying, my ex at the time was saying to me, "I want to be with you. I love you, but I can't um, be with you if you're not willing to have sex." Mm. And I said to him, "My vow that I made to God is worth more than me being with you." That's, That's amazing. So if you don't want to be with me because of sex, especially if you already had it before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then we don't need to be. Together. Yeah. And let's just say I haven't spoken to him in a year. Wow. Thank God. So shout out to me. <laughs> <laughs> Being um self, it, it, that is just a lot because you already been exposed to these mm. things already. So when you sit and these things replaying up until this day, I'm not gonna tell you that it's it's easy. It's not. It's hard. It's not. But I think it's always mind over matter. Whatever you teach your mind is what it will do. Yes. So I can't say like, oh, it's hard. So I'm just gonna yeah. keep falling. Like, how I don't know, how many times? Every just, day because it's a challenge every day. Right. So I just have to make sure. To my, tell myself that this is the vow that I made to mm-hmm. God, right. and I'm not, I'm, I can't go back because whatever I was doing back then, it wasn't satisfying. Right? Mm. Like I found new joy, and exactly. it's from God, yes. and I can't do. Yes. So whenever I had the urge, kid, you know, I was watching a movie yesterday. The sex scenes, we have to forward it because mm. I get triggered. So you have to be intentional, absolutely. Because the same thing with me, the same thing with me. Even even after the whole delivery, I still fell again. Absolutely, I still fell again kissing guys. Yeah. Holding their hands, yes. driving with them, yes. watching. When I see sex, like I said, when I watch a movie, even if I don't know that there's a sex scene in the yeah. when it comes on, I'm like, wow, like yes. fascinated, and I feel the feeling. Absolutely. So you have to be intentional. Like if you Every really, day. really want to do this journey of purity and celibacy, you have to be so intentional. My sister was telling me something um, last Saturday. She was telling me that there was a young woman who. She sees like visions. Her gift is visions. God takes like she sees herself in heaven. God tells her mm-hmm. stuff, and then she comes down to the earth. She she shares it with people, and she was interviewed. And the person asked her, "This gift that you have, if I want this gift, how do I get this mm-hmm. gift?" And then she said, "Honestly, you have to be very disciplined in your walk with God. You have to spend time with Him, and it's not that 10, 15 minute a day saying, God, thank you, take me through the day, and you mm-hmm. walk out the door. No, mm-hmm. you have to be intentional yeah. about spending time with Him. And then at the same time, so you have to be disciplined. I'm very, she said, I'm very disciplined about what I watch, yes. what I listen to, yes. what I hear. If I'm walking in a store and they're playing something that is not sitting well with my spirit, I walk out. Wow. If I'm watching a movie, I research the movie before I watch it. If there's going to be a sex scene, I don't watch it. Mm-hmm. If there's a sex scene happening, I, I forward the movie yeah. she was very intent and she she said that so when she said that i remembered what our pastor always says which you said earlier that whatever we see and hear there's a copy stored in our hearts and it replays back to us so we have to be very very intentional that's one thing i'd really struggle with and now i feel like i'm trying to do that because this whole is a, is a struggle yeah it is it's a struggle and i think what barbara was saying that you know it got to a point after one year, you thought like maybe you were good, so let me go yeah, try and see. But sometimes we can't trust our flesh. No. Sometimes we think that, you know, oh my maybe God, you know, I haven't had sex for 10 years. I'm going to go back. That's it. Hey, the flesh yes. is so active. Mm-hmm. We're using it every day. So it's still there. Yeah. And I remember, you know, even um when my, uh, my husband and I, when we were courting around that time, I remember, you know, pastor made us aware that you guys can't be together. You know, you guys can't go out together. Mm-hmm. You guys have to be careful the things that you see and mm-hmm. do together because 
even if you don't like somebody, when you, you start, start to get yeah, out with them, spend like time with them, then you start to like them. That's how many, how many times I start liking people. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Yeah. So with us, you know, we decided that we're not gonna have sex, we're not mm. gonna kiss, we're not gonna hold hands, we're not gonna hug because we we can't even though like we hadn't had sex or have any kind of emotional attachment, we still know that we can't trust our flesh because yeah. when we try to do it, it's gonna be like you know it's gonna take us back. Mm, yeah. So even when it comes to talking, we make sure that we did not talk about you know anything outside. We're not talking about sex. Yeah. We're not asking what you're wearing. Yeah. We're not going all of that because guess what? I've done it before. Then it's mm, gonna take my man back. Right. I'm not gonna trust my flesh and say I haven't had sex in 2012. So 2014, 15, I'm good. Yeah, mm, that's very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we also have to be aware of our triggers. Yes, as human beings, as females, especially for me, my trigger is smell. Yeah. So if you mm. smell good. It's just like I'm like all over you, like so. Oh, I just like that. That's my that's my number one trigger is smell. So whenever I'm around someone, well, you, and they smell, so you, know. you shouldn't have a trigger. You should have, have a trigger. Shouldn't have one. But yeah, like when you smell good, it's just what triggers me to even be more closer to you. So it's just like when I I see a guy or if I'm visiting the ex or something that smells good, and just like. Huh. And then it's just like, yeah. it's taking me and then I'm doing all these things in my head. So just very be, and I remember this girl was on Instagram and she was talking and she said when her her and her husband now were recording, he told her, don't even send me kissy emojis. That's how intentional Whoa. he was about it. Because I guess for him, that was his trigger too. Mm. So like no yeah. kissing emoji, nothing. Like if we want to do this. She started looking at like, you know, thinking about kissing. Right. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. we want to do it, we have to be super intentional yeah. know what That's our triggers amazing. are and just be like, we're doing this, and that's it. Yeah. No shortcut. So with your courtship, Lou, how long did you and your husband court? I think um he approached me. Mm, didn't approach her for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he actually got the boldness to approach me. That's right. <laughs> you better tell it. <laughs> I was still 2014, and we got married um 2017. So, so three for years, three years. You guys saw each other every day at church. And exactly. Not even a church sister, church brother hug. No. Not because, even. And can you even believe that even though, like, you know, all that we did was just see each other in church and just talk, even with sometimes the days are like, you no, know, because I remember sometimes Pastor would say, let's be in a circle and hold each other mm-hmm. each other's hand, and I'll make sure that I don't hold, hold his, his hand, hand because wow. the days that I have to do it, I'll even get chills. And I'm like, Look at that. Yeah. Look at so that. Imagine, because you knew, you knew that this is the person that yeah. you're going to marry. And see them every day in church, just mm. the talking. Mm. That even creates something already. Hey, right it's true. And I think that, I think for, for me, it, it took me a while to realize that we think that it's just sex. Talking yeah. can also lead yeah. you to oh, fall yeah. in love with someone. Oh, yeah. Like you talking to someone yeah. every day, you, you guys wasn't even hanging out. Yeah. You were just yeah. seeing him and talking. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah. wow, you was already in love with exactly. the DJ. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's so true because we what we're saying that the more you spend time with somebody, that's you, the more you start to like them, the more you start to form a relationship. Yes. Because honestly, I can tell you that hmm, the people that I ended up being, let's say, in a relationship with were my best friends before. Yeah. We talked all the time. We talked to like 3 a.m. We talked to like 4 a.m. We talked sad. And all of a sudden, oh, we like each other. Yeah. You know, so it's, that's just really we have to really be intentional, very Absolutely. disciplined. Yeah. Because it's like, just the, like I'm saying, just the talking can cause you to, because with me, one of my, I think I'm, I'm attracted to a guy who can sing. 
Oh, say so you were yeah. singer. As you were singer, yeah. Me, I don't care really. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Let your, let your body Just be a human this. being. Let's be a- <laughs> Preferences are too widespread <laughs> for me, but um, I, I, honestly, my attraction was to a guy who was active in the house of God. That yeah. was that was me personally, but for some reason, I enjoyed a musician because I'm a musician, right. mm-hmm. you know. So when I, I the person will be, I, I would date somebody in the church, and the person is leading praise and worship. I'm backing the person. But I'm getting these chills and these feelings, hmm. and it's not the Holy Spirit chills and feelings. <laughs> wow! It's the like, wow, this guy is my man. Or this yeah. guy, like, I will get these. Even though I know I'm not sleeping with the person, right. I'm not about to sleep with the person. It's just like still, I can't wait to marry you, and yeah. I can't wait, you know, stuff like. So it's like even we're in the house of God, singing praise and worship well, to God. But these are the thoughts yeah, that are running through my head. head. So yeah. we have to be very, very intentional. Hmm. I have a question for you. Oh, Jesus. Why... <laughs> I with the questions. Yeah. yeah, because I always, like, I'm wondering why you decided to date. Why should you want to keep yourself? Because, mm. you know. Mm. No, That's be... a good question. Yeah, because if I'm saying that I'm going to stay faithful and not have sex, then why would I want to be in a relationship? Because mostly that's what. I think for me personally, when I was growing up, um, so with my family, I'm the youngest child. And. I am my the elder sibling right before me. We're thirteen years apart, so you can imagine my eldest sibling. We're almost twenty years apart. My parents are way older than me, so it got to a point where I felt like they were a family unit, and I just popped up in the middle, like mm-hmm. I was just there because mm-hmm. I wasn't. I felt like I was. I was being, but I felt like I wasn't being acknowledged. Okay. So my siblings, you know, my siblings were cool and all that, but then they all got married and left home. So it was just me and my parents. You know, my parents being as old as they were. Um, my mom goes to work, comes home, prayer line. My dad reads the Bible, falls asleep, wakes up, reads the Bible, falls asleep. (laughs) So, you know, there was no companionship at home. So I desired companionship. Mm -hmm. And where else will I get the attention that, you know, desire desire that I wanted to fulfill? Where else than a boy? Mm -hmm. And then when I do find that person, I never dated somebody with the intention of, oh, I'm just dating you to date. I always thought, like, if someone came my way, I always imagined myself marrying the person. I always imagined myself having a family and doing ministry in my head with that person. So, like, I never went into a relationship thinking that, okay, we're just, you know, I thought I would grow with the person. And then when we get to that age of marriage, we'll get married. Mm -hmm. So the few relationships that I was in, I always thought I was going to marry the person. Like, I never thought that. At a very young age. At a very young age. We're taking, like, joy and happiness from them. From them, yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing. We can't can't get joy and happiness from humans. Like, Mm -hmm. we can't. It just... Because I had to learn in the hardest way. Because, you know, I remember, like, you know, as we said, I just remember that um, when I became born again, everything started when I became born again. (laughs) And, you know, I knew that some of the things that I was doing was wrong, and I was trying to pull away you know, emotion from the press and even detach myself physically from the press was so hard. And, you know, there was issues, but something like, oh, you have invested in this press. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. work. You For know, so they long, travel yeah. one more day, you know, you guys break up and the pattern will be two weeks. You come back together mm-hmm. and you forget, like you said before, that the problem is always going to be yeah. there. So yep. you can try to make up with whatever, Doesn't but the matter. problem is still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, you know, I remember telling, like, you know, my ex, my boyfriend around that time that you are not making me happy. He said, Lucy, I can't make you happy. And in my head, I'm like, what? So why am I in a relationship exactly, with you? Because that's all that I was looking 
before, right, you know, right, right. for you to make me happy and for me to make you happy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how are you going to tell me that you can't make me happy? So I think when he said that now, I'm thanking God for his life mm. because when I became born again, I found that happiness in God. Exactly. And I was like, that's all I need. Yeah, but it's I feel like it's very selfish of you too as a person to put your soul happiness exactly. on someone else. Yes. Like no one can ever make you happy. Mm-hmm. Like that's just putting too much responsibility yes. on a person. Yeah. Like you're sucking all the energy out of that person. Who's going to make him happy? Exactly. You know what I mean? Because you're thinking about yourself. Exactly. So like I think you make a very good point. The only person that can fulfill. Yes. So I think it's a big happiness between a big difference between happiness and joy. Mm. Yeah. Can you explain that? So difference? happiness is just that it's happening. Like you, it's like for a moment. It's joy cheating. comes from God. From God. So we should strive to just be yeah. joyous versus happiness mm. all the time. Nobody yeah. can ever make you happy. Yeah. That's so that's, true. That's it's, it's impossible. That's and I remember so true. even like what, what you said. I remember like. When I first became born again, and I found, you know, that joy in yeah. that. Because it was from within. Like, yes. I didn't have to yeah. seek anything from us. And I yeah. said, I don't even need a man. No. I was like, God, I'm so good. Yeah. That's why I did not pray about my husband, I said before. Because at that time, I wasn't thinking about a husband or a boyfriend because I was coming out of one. Mm. And I said, I'm so happy yeah. with where I am right now. And I think this is what I've been searching for, for my whole yeah. life. And I got it. So, mm. who else? It's Where's true. It's true. Like, I feel like I'm at that point now. No, I still want a husband. Oh, but it's not yes. something that I'm like... But you're not, yeah, you're not no. rushing for like, it. I'm so content. And I feel like when I say this, people look at me like, oh, you're crazy. You've been single no. for this long. You haven't had... So how can you... Like, I'm so happy. Mm. And it's like, the joy that I'm getting, nobody can give me that by God. Exactly. It's like... You can't take that away from me because mm-hmm. whoever gave it to exactly. me, it's God. So it's like I'm not depending on another human being to give me that. Like, and I think I even said it maybe a while back. I think I told you some something like that that maybe with my husband, I'm not you know going to him yeah. to make me happy for happiness. Yeah, because I already got that from God. Right. And he also got it from God, so he makes me happy mm-hmm. when you know he's pleasing God or yeah. he because he got his happiness from, from God. God. Yeah, and. No man can make you happy if no. you're not happy. No. Yeah, no. no it it no, can no, never no. happen. Sometimes, no. oh, please make me happy, or I need you to do this and that. But the person don't even know the word of God. Mm. They don't even understand the word of God. So how can they make you happy if they themselves don't even find happiness in God in yep. themselves? Yep. Because at that stage, 17, 16, I'm asking somebody who's also 20 to make me happy, make me you know joyful in yeah. life. But what what do they even know no, about right. happiness? Exactly. Joy, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's crazy. I don't know. So, Crazy, yeah, but we thank know. God. I like I always say that I thank God for everything I've been through, and I thank God for everything you've been through because yeah. it has made yes. us all who we are today. Absolutely. You know, for us to actually be sitting here, you know, glorifying God's name and talking about the happiness that He's given. Yes. Honestly, for me, I think I'm still finding myself, I'm still learning how to be single, although I haven't been in a relationship for the past three years, I'm still learning how to. F- with I don't need that companionship, no, you know, especially don't. from a guy. Mm-hmm. I have my siblings, I have my parents, I have you guys, yeah. you know, I have my church family there, and I have God, yeah. which is the most important yeah. thing yeah. ever. So it's it's a it's amazing. Yeah. So do you think like you know our environment plays a role in these decisions that we make? It plays you know, a huge role. I know that role. you've been a virgin for the since how many years? I was born. Yeah. <laughs> born so her life. Oh, oh, like, yeah. Very many play like a big role in that. You know, huh. those friends, church, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, it takes me back to the scripture. I think Ma Amelia said it on Sunday. She said it was First Peter 3 verse 8. 
about how we should walk with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And when you're with like-minded people and you have the same mentality, it's very hard for you to escape and go do your own thing. When you have people around you who are um, supporting you, who are like-minded, who believe Mm -hmm. in the same things that you believe in, it pushes you, encourages you that, you know, I don't want to just let, I don't want to let God down, but I also don't want to let my family and my friends down, you know? So I think your environment plays a huge role. Peer pressure, environmental pressure, societal pressure is huge in structuring yourself as a young woman, as a young man, Mm -hmm. as a youth in this generation. So environment plays a huge role. So have you ever been pressured by friends or maybe past relationship to have the have sex and how are you able to go about it because you're so sin- I mean virgin so that means I, I, I keep I keep reverting back to God it was God mm-hmm. God because the situation that I will place myself in he will pull me out mm-hmm. the the situations that I didn't even like I was I was I'll find myself in there like some way somehow like I shared with the when I was nine years old there was um a young man who was a family friend and he would take me to the arcade some big big arcade Afterwards, one particular day, he took me to his house. He took me to his house. He introduced me, like he, you know, his roommate. Oh, this is my friend's sister. And then he took me to his room. So he told me to sit on the bed. I sat on the bed because he's older than me. He's my sister's friend. I do whatever older people tell me to do. Sit on the bed, and then I look away, look back. Dude is butt naked. Takes off every article of clothing that he's wearing. His shirt, his underwear, everything. And he got into the bed, you know, where I was sitting on and put himself and me under the covers and proceeded to kiss me. But I remember I I immediately started crying and I said, take me home, take me home. And by God's grace, he took me home. But I've now look, looking back, I repressed all these things. I never, I didn't remember these things until just last year. And I realized that it was God that was protecting me. God is the one who kept the man from doing whatever he wanted to do to me because he was older. I was young. If he wanted to rape me, he could have. If he wanted to do whatever he wanted, but he got up and took me home. So I really believe that I've been pressured, not just by men, people I've been in relationships with, or people that um, were older than me. I've been put in situations, but I was pressured by peers Mm -hmm. in high school. That's where I, I started hearing about sex in middle school, but like they will say like, oh, you know, I lost my virginity at this place, at this place. I'm like, oh, I knew the vow I made, but I'm like, okay, so how did it feel? They'll tell me how it feels. Some of them didn't like it. Some of them liked it, but it made me want to, there's a curiosity. It made me very curious about it. So I was, I was pressured, but I, I keep saying it's God. God has been the one watching over me. That is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode six of the Journey podcast. Tune in next week for part two of Purity and Celibacy Before and During Courtship with your co-hosts, Karen Sian, Lucy Aim, and Barbara Hyde. If you like our show and would like to know more, please check out our Instagram page at the Journey underscore podcast and stay tuned for our coming website we are actually searching for a website designer so if you are one or you know one please reach out to us and let us know so that we can get this movement going you can subscribe rate and leave us a review on itunes and google podcasts remember the fastest runner doesn't always win the race the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. 
Those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It's all decided by God, by times and seasons. I love you all and have a joyous and wondrous, wonderful and amazing week. This is called the journey.